Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. There's going to be no mailbag this weekend. Instead, I'm just going to do a little add-on to talking with Coward. Um, I, we obviously did a podcast on Friday, so I didn't do a Friday podcast. Not going to do a mailbag. I just recorded this right basically after the second round. Um, some thoughts on Will Levis. Some takes that just expanded on some stuff that we talked about, and just some other things that kind of hit me throughout the day on Friday, and uh, and yeah, we'll have a mo- much more expansive draft pod come next week on, on Monday. But this will have to do for the weekend. Hopefully, everyone is enjoying the draft. A lot going on, a lot of trades, a lot of players flying around, which it's always fun. This is a uh, it's hard to beat this event. It really is. Even if this is the worst draft of all time, who cares? Uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's always exciting to get new players on our team. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. So the Middlecoff Mailbag will be back next week at John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. At John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. Get your questions answered here on the show. We're live on AMP. Live on AMP. Download Amazon AMP. Find it on YouTube as well. And other than that, I don't think we have any other housekeeping. So, uh, so yeah, let's rock and roll, baby. But I got to start by giving a shout out on... I'm back right now in Northern California. I got a family event on Saturday. And I went to the Kings-Warriors game. And it was electric. It was incredible to watch the champs pull out a win on the road. They're, they're playing literally as I speak. But I did it because of my friends at game time. And if you download the game time app and use the promo code John, you will get $20 off your first pair of tickets. I went to the game because of my friends, had great seats, was close to the court, rocking and rolling. It, it was sweet. Can't recommend them enough. Really can't. Game time, download the app. They're the official ticketing app of this podcast. If you're going to go to a game, if you're going to go to a concert, anything you want to go to, sh- look at my guys at game time. Download the app and just... Uh, Use my promo code, J-O-H-N. Very, very easy to do. Love those guys. I think we got to start with Will Levis. A uh, lot of different angles here. I, I guess was the most shocking two guys did not make it that went to the green room. The Alabama corner, uh, who I think he went to the Lions, came back. Will Levis obviously did not, but ultimately got drafted with the second pick in the second round, which... Typically, the 33rd pick, right, is the first pick in the second round, but obviously Miami was docked over some of the Tom Brady allegations, so it was we only had 31 first-round picks. I want to start with the Will Levis 
bombing interviews and kind of rubbing teams the wrong way. That was a story that really, you know, Colin and I myself talked about it, that, you know, when teams met with Anthony Richardson, they came out with just positive vibes. (laughs) And there's something to be said for positive vibes. And there's something to be said for whatever reason for negative vibes. And there is no disputing that something weird happened because a guy that size with that arm strength that would have been a top five pick after his junior year is head scratching. Now, when I was going to get dinner, uh, I picked it up a little early. You know, kind of fasted today. Ate at about 4 o'clock, right when the draft started. I was listening to NFL radio on my way to pick up some uh, some Mexican food. Fantastic. Dos Coyotes, if you're ever in Davis, Sacramento area. And uh, no free ads, but it's elite food. And Pat Kerwin and the guys on NFL Network or NFL radio, because I wanted, if I was going to miss picks, I was listening to the radio. And one of the guys, I think it was Pat, said that, you know, he should have gone to the Senior Bowl. Like, you're not good enough to not go to the Senior Bowl. Justin Herbert went to the Senior Bowl. Marcus Mariota went to the Senior Bowl. And then clearly, and listen, I I have a hard time with this because I think interviews, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're anyone in any specific industry talking to other people in your industry, should be the easiest thing you ever do. Like, I'm not trying to brag or act like I have anything in common with a, you know, an NFL quarterback. But when I interviewed with Philly, I got hired on the spot. Why? Because I was very at ease talking with other football guys. Just like a lot of times that impressive players walk by, they're very at ease with assistant coaches, with GMs, with head coaches. Why? Football guys like other football guys. And if you're a good guy, a normal guy, and not some fraud, it should be a very, very natural environment. It's why most quarterbacks, I think teams are reluctant because it's like, they know the drill. They should be impressive when they sit down on the couch and you start talking football. It should come off very natural. And clearly something was lost in translation. Now, I liked him as a player, and I still do. And ultimately in life, it's not about where you start. It's about how you finish. Now, like what everyone thought C.J. Stroud was going to tumble, and he clearly didn't, starting high in the NFL financially is very lucrative, right? He's going to sign a four-year million contract, and Will Levis will sign a four-year, $4 or $5 million contract. So financially, there is a massive gap. And every penny of those those three quarterbacks that were drafted in the top four of those four years will be guaranteed. So it's it's a big gap in terms of money. But ultimately, like I was on the radio, on the Raiders station, when Derek Carr was drafted in the second round by the Oakland Raiders. Look how much money he's made since going in the second round. And when you look at Will Levis, think of where he's going. He has a top, easily top 10 head coach in the NFL in Mike Vrabel. He has a quarterback situation that everyone thinks Ryan Tannehill stinks. And his time in Tennessee is all but over. I don't think it's inconceivable that Levis definitely is going to play this year, but could beat him out. Like, what are they waiting on? And the other thing is, when you draft a guy high in the second round, you like the player. And I I watched the clip that the Titans tweeted out. And Mike Vrabel, it was funny because when I think of Mike Vrabel, I think of, you know, kind of an old school crazy SOB in in a football good way. And he told Will Levis, he's like, listen, I don't want you to have a chip on your shoulder. I don't want you to be mad. I want you to be grateful. And I want you to come in and be a good teammate. 
and come in and just work hard. Just do all the right things. I don't want you being pissed off and angry. Come in here with the right mindset. And at first I was like, Brable, like you're a chip on your shoulder, edgy SOB. And then I thought like, well, from his vantage point as a coach, this guy, I got to get his head right. Because clearly he thought he was going top five. And then he tumbles. And then it's coming out. Everyone's just shitting on him. Like we need to get this guy locked and loaded because who knows? He could be our starting quarterback. Maybe we found a gem. I don't know. Uh, but just a fascinating kind of fall from grace, uh, a fascinating landing spot. And think about this. Will Levis, who, you know, is clearly not a lock to start and neither is Anthony Richardson. CJ Stroud to me is 100% a lock to be the starter week one. Imagine being Trevor Lawrence today, who really broke out of a shell last year, who has Doug Peterson. Calvin Ridley's coming back from the gambling suspension going, wait, I got Will Levis and Tannehill. I got Anthony Richardson, who's might be a year away from being a year away. And I got CJ Stroud on a team that's terrible, who a lot of people compare him to a little quicker Jared Goff. This is who I got to beat. <laughs> this ain't exactly Mahomes, Herbert, you know, <laughs> this isn't exactly, you know, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. So that, that division opening pretty wide up for, for old Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jags and Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. Pretty good spot to be if you're them. Uh, but ultimately, like people fall in the draft. And I always thought about this because when I got to the, when I got hired with the Eagles, you know, two of our best players were Deshaun Jackson and Shady McCoy. Like going in the second round does not mean you suck. Does not mean you're some scrub. Google NFL history. A lot of star players go in the second round. They're only 31 or 32 picks every year, right? Depending on, you know, weird stuff that happens around the league. But a lot of teams, like especially if you're a certain position, like aren't going to take that position. So I think sometimes we kind of freak out about the whole notion of, you know, this guy went pick 36. That's not like you're some undrafted free agent, my man. They're still guaranteeing you some money and they still invested a a very, very valued pick in you. So I think this Will Levis thing is every bit as fascinating as Anthony Richardson, as the CJ Trout situation. I mean, Bryce is just going to be the starter, but... This is not some underclassman, right? This is a guy that a lot of years of starting experience, played in NFL offense. You would have to think, especially one of the Titans like Ryan Tannehill. Now, they do have a defensive coach. Wouldn't stun me if Will Levis is the starter week one. Not because they think he's you know, going to lead them to the promised land, but might as well find out. Maybe we suck. Maybe we pick it, you know, another quarterback next year. Malik Willis. That experiment's died on the vine pretty fast. <laughs> Some things that I talked to Colin about last night, I don't think we got to expand on. I want to hit on something, two things really quick. The running back thing. I philosophically agree with every single human being that is, yeah, I think 99.9% .9 of people are all on the same page. Don't take a running back in the first round. That is a core value of anyone that follows football. That is the right move. Take an old lineman, take a D lineman, take a wide receiver, take whatever. Running backs you can find later in the draft. Just like I, I'm fundamentally kind of against taking guards and centers in the first round because I feel I can find those guys later in the draft. Right tackles, left tackles, pass rushers, D tackles, I, premium positions, all for it. And all for it, continue to take them throughout the draft. But I do think this draft's a little bit of an outlier because I don't know if you heard, but last night, the Cowboys who drafted the D tackle from Michigan, who just, that guy feels like a stud. He only watched the draft with his mom. Uh, and it's just like, that guy's going to be a good player. Just love his story. If you want, get a chance, go to the Cowboys you know, Twitter or Instagram account. It just 
seems like a high level guy. Obviously, an ass kicker playing on Michigan's D line. But this draft was terrible. And the Cowboys said last night in their press conference that they had 11 guys with first round grades. And I would imagine if you polled NFL teams and they had to tell you the truth, I think the average on first round grades in this draft would probably be like 12.5 or 13.5. It'd be really, really small. So when you think about running backs, obviously B. John Robinson, you know, on many boards might have been the second behind Jalen Carter, second or third best player in this draft. And I think there's a very good chance that Gibbs, the running back the Lions took, was also given a first round grade. I've heard a lot of people compare him to Christian McCaffrey or yeah, some Christian McCaffrey, some Alvin Kamara. He's a very versatile chess piece. Now, you don't want to take him at seven overall, though I think it was leaked out that the Lions were open to doing that, or maybe it was six overall was their pick. But let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. They averaged 160 yards on the ground last year. They drafted a fifth-round running back out of BYU. Who was good? They've drafted Drake London. They've drafted Kyle Pitts. Like Offensive skill guys are not their issue. Their problem is defense, and it fucking stinks. So I'm in full agreement. Bijan Robinson, stud player, stud guy, want him on my team. But when my defense blows and my head coach, who's also my play caller, is a great run schemer, why am I taking Bijan Robinson? Why don't I, I don't know, take a defensive lineman? <laughs> That's what I would have done, <laughs> right? I, 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 I can't fathom taking Bijan Robinson in that spot. I, I really can't. And to win in the NFC, the physical teams are the best teams, right? The Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys. I think the Giants are building a physical mentality. It's why they beat the Giants in the playoffs. Uh, and it's or it's why the uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, in the playoffs. Physical teams, Seattle's trying to build a bully. It's a physical, it's a heavyweight fighter. They, they want to fucking knock you out. So I get the mindset, but that means you got to be good on defense too. That means you need pieces on defense too. So I... This is not has anything to do with B. John Robinson. I just don't understand the pick. Yet with the Lions, I kind of do. Because of the Stafford trade, and once they traded back to 12, they got whoever they wanted to take at 12 and pick 34. So they got that. They ended up taking the running back, obviously, but they also got another pick to go with them, which ended up, as you if you watch the draft today, was a tight end. So if I told you with their first three picks in the top 34... They get a running back, a tight end, and a front seven player. You'd be like, oh, good job, right? But if I tell you the running back goes first, that's when everyone freaks out. And I talk to teams that, you know, I don't know, might have been in the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. And I think we were all in agreement that the players going in the 20s were better in the teens because I don't know if anyone knows if these players are going to be any good because there weren't that many highly drafted, highly graded guys in this draft. So if you're the Lions and you have 13 first-round picks, and Gibbs is one of them, and you trade back to 12, why not take him there? Especially when you know to get there that you got basically the first pick or second pick in the second round. And you also got another first-round pick because of the Stafford trade, unlike the Falcons. So in the top 45 picks, the Detroit Lions, I'm defending the Lions, and I think the Falcons are crazy. Because ultimately, the Lions had four picks in the top 45. And three of those guys, you know, would quote-unquote be... Tough, physical, trenches guys, separate from the running back. They took the tight end from Iowa, who, you know, they needed a tight end. They easily could have taken a tight end at 12. 
They took the corner from Alabama at 45. And obviously, in the late teens, they took the linebacker who's a freak athlete from Iowa. So, like, I completely understand what the Lions did. I do not understand what the Atlanta Falcons did with B. John Robinson. Can't wrap my head around it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I saw Chris Ballard say today that uh, this was Friday. No, this would have been Thursday night. At his press conference, he thought it was kind of bullshit of all the negative stuff that was coming out about players. And ultimately, I think who he was talking about was uh, just the Lions just took Hendon Hooker, was C.J. Stroud and some of the negative dialect or, or dialogue around C.J. Stroud. And honestly, I thought, like, kind of pissed me off. I'm like, that's none of this matters. C.J. Stroud got drafted second overall, second overall. So all the stuff going on on the internet about Ryan Clark and Brady Quinn arguing back and forth about his test score leaking. And here's the thing with a test score. If you're going to leak the good test scores, well, who scored poorly? Now, ultimately, like, trust me, if test scores determine where you went in life, I'd be digging ditches. I barely got over a thousand on my SAT. I hate standardized tests. Now, I know this is more of a... This isn't a cognitive test in the term, in the sense of, you know, A, B, C, and D. This is more like tapping things to get your reaction time. But still, like I, CJ Stroud clearly was unfazed by that. Like I said, he just, he hasn't signed it yet, but we'll get a four year, 30 to $35 million contract and 25 to $28 million signing bonus. That's a fact. So all the fluff about him over the last month is ultimately irrelevant. And one thing these GMs like Ballard have uh, learned to do is play the media, play their Twitter accounts, and play their TV appearances like a fucking fiddle. And Chris Ballard had everyone going, Will Levis is going to the Colts. They love Will Levis. Why? Because it was good business. Because think about this. They didn't want anyone to jump them to the Cardinals who were open for business and take Anthony Richardson. Well, it turns out like Will Levis tumbled like a rock. He was the actual guy that fell. And Ballard's like acting like all these people leaking this stuff 
are doing it for any other reason than, I don't know, business. That's the business you've chose, Chris, to put give things to the media, which they all take and run with. And listen, I'm guilty. I fell for some of the stuff they were feeding me and feeding us. And to try to get guys to fall or have guys not steal your player. So I, I just think that that notion is just, no. who cares what his test score? He's either going to be good at football or not. And he's going to be rich because of it. So I, I hated that. It actually kind of pissed me off. Um, and thinking of a guy, I've gotten a lot of DMs from like Falcons fans and definitely from Bears fans of like, why didn't we just take Jalen Carter? And, and me and Colin talked about this after the first round. One thing the Eagles had, and I hammered this home, not just the SEC guys, but the leadership, the veteran guys in the room. I remember like my first or second year in the NFL, the Giants took JPP. And at the time, he just had some red flags, some question marks, raw product. Uh, and it was like, well, they can handle him. Why? In that room, they got Tuck and O.C. Umanure and Kiwanuka. And they have the infrastructure there to handle him. I think his rookie year, they won the Super Bowl. And certain organizations are just equipped to handle certain guys and other organizations are not. Jalen Carter would immediately be the best player in the Chicago Bears. He would immediately be discussed, if not the best player in the Atlanta Falcons. That is not the case. He's not even the best defensive lineman on the Philadelphia Eagles. He's definitely not the best player. And he's definitely, like, all these guys that were on his own team have been playing for a team that just was in the Super Bowl. So now they've equipped four Georgia guys the last two years to be around him. And three of the four of them, no question marks. I mean, Nolan Smith's character is elite. Dean's character, I think, pretty sure from what I've heard is elite. And Jordan Davis, I've never heard anything negative. So three of the four of them, high-level guys, he doesn't really have a choice. Just like at Georgia, he didn't really have a choice. Like, you either got to play hard or get out. So, you know, the Eagles are were much more equipped, even the Lions. Like, why didn't the Lions, they could just drafted them in the top 10, right? And if they didn't want to trade back. Well, think about their operation. Their best defensive player is going to be a second-year guy. If Aiden Hutchinson was a seventh-year guy, five-time pro bowler, and they had some other core guys they felt really good about, I'd be like, yeah. That that was a missed opportunity. You got Dan Campbell, kind of a player's coach. That's what I would have done. But that's not the case. So I think the Eagles were uniquely equipped to do that. Uh, they, they really were. You could argue Seattle, but I, I think Seattle, you know, kind of wants to reincarnate the LOB operation, which is smart, and just run the ball down your throat with like seven running backs. Before I'm going to hit on a couple of first round picks that I really like that I didn't get to get to with Colin is, God, the Cardinals are a poorly run organization. Like, there are some, every team is talking to players about contracts, you know, well before free agency. Like, that's no one tampering. That's It's all bullshit. But, like, when it comes to coaches, you know, there, there are pretty just set rules about interviewing coaches. And that the Cardinals tampered with Jonathan Gannon is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And because of that, the Eagles got their third-round pick. Like, that's just, that's pretty bad, man. It really is. Pretty pretty embarrassing for the Arizona Cardinals, who are a team that, I'm telling you, with Washington now in different ownerships' hands, the league is going to set their sights on the Cards and the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's hit on a couple picks that I really liked. 
first and foremost, the Bills to get the Utah tight end, Dalton Kincaid, at pick 25. Like one thing, you know, they've I think they've lacked a physical run uh element to their to their team. But I also think that everything when you play in this freezing cold environment, it's hard for your quarterback to just throw bombs all the time. It's like Aaron Rodgers over the years, once they get to Lambeau in January, it neutralizes some of their strengths, just slinging the pill around. You're, you're not able to do that in zero degrees. Well, Buffalo, same thing. Like We need to have a physical element. And to me, adding a tight end who comes from a cold weather place you know, is the next best thing behind a running back. I think they drafted a guard in the second round as well. You just need guys that are going to make it easy on your quarterback, whether that's a physical runner between the tackles, whether that's a tight end, whether that's offensive lineman. Not everything can be, you know, Davis and Diggs and just throwing bombs. It's not the NFL in January. That's not how Tom Brady won six Super Bowls. Not how Peyton Manning dominated, right? That's just, that's not the way. And I love that pick. I really just like I love the Cowboys. One thing the Cowboys are going to have to do if they're going to catch the Niners, they've lost the Niners two straight years in the playoffs, and obviously the Eagles are better than them, is they have to continue to match their physicality. And they were damn close to matching it last year with uh, against the Niners. I mean, they were damn close. Dak screwed them through those picks. But their defense was right there. So you had another piece. Well, what does Kyle Shanahan want to do? Wants to run the ball. What does Brian Dayball want to do? He's going to want to run the ball. The Eagles, obviously they throw bombs, but the run game, especially with their quarterback, is a big part of their offense. So getting Maisie Smith from Michigan, when you think of Michigan, like they kind of overpowered and shoved around Ohio State the last couple of years. Get a tough guy. Love those back-to-back picks, really. Kincaid, Smith. Um, some other picks, like I, the Packers have always been a height-weight speed team. They love swinging for that. And I tend to lean that way too. Like, I get it. I, I understand it. They did it last year with Watson out of North Dakota State. And by the end of the season, you're like, damn, this kid can kind of ball. And Lucas Van Ness, I know he didn't start on his team, but one thing you see every year is Iowa gets like three or four guys drafted in the first two rounds. They produce NFL guys that play in the league for a long time. They might suck on offense, but it is an NFL operation. The way you train, the way you prepare, the physicality of the team. And definitely defensively. So, kind of like that pick. I, I really do. I mean, there are a lot of picks that... Gonzalez, the corner from uh, from Oregon. I think he's a Colorado transfer. Free Deion Sanders. Uh, one thing I heard, like, I had some good teams that were like, yeah, we, w- we would not have drafted him. And it had to do with confidence. They, they didn't see, like... Part of being a really good corner... Like, say what you want about Jalen Ramsey... He might have too much swag, but his self-belief is incredibly high. You know, Dion is the most notorious ever, right? This guy just thought he was the best ever. Richard Sherman, Darrell Revis. Like, you kind of be got to be wired a little different to play on the outside. One thing I've heard about him lacks a little self-confidence. And that turns a lot of teams off at that position. Like, you kind of have, you, you have to almost have an inflated belief in yourself. Because it's so fucking hard to play out there on an island. And I know physically, he's very, very talented. But I've heard a lot of teams that just, you know, didn't quite see the guy. Not in a bad way, but like to play that corner, almost kind of need uh, a guy that like, you really think you're that good? Well, they have to, or else they don't have a shot. Not in the NFL. 
Not in the AFC. Not against all those wide receivers. Not against all those cornerbacks. It, it's too difficult. Um, the run of wide receivers, I think, was pretty interesting. Uh, Jackson Smith, the TCU guy, Zay Flowers, basically went 20, 21, 22. Addison went 23. I, you know, I don't know if you saw, but the 49ers picked up... Uh, can't even remember his name. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, his fifth-year option today. And I do wonder that if some of these wide receivers have gone early, earlier than they did, and those teams that really wanted a wide receiver in the early 20s, if they were going to trade Brandon Ayuk if the player they wanted was there. Uh, because there have been a lot of talk about, well, could Brandon Ayuk be moved? And I don't think they were just going to trade him to trade him for a wide receiver. Like, they wouldn't trade Brandon Ayuk to draft Jordan Addison. But if the right tackle had fallen, you know, with McGlinchey leaving, I, I could have seen that. And I do wonder if that was at play. And listen, I'd keep Brandon Ayuk, and obviously they did, but I you got to keep your options open in this league, especially when you got a lot of highly paid guys. Um, you know, Addison's really good. Zay Flowers really good. I didn't love the TCU wide receiver as much, uh, but my buddies in the league did. So what do I know? Uh, they're on teams that win a lot of games. And obviously Jackson Smith is a baller. So uh, love Seattle's draft, as Colin and I talked about. And yeah, I mean, what a what a time to be alive. I mean, it, it really is. So I'll have a much longer podcast on Sunday uh, for Monday morning, kind of recapping everything that happened and some more big stories. But just wanted to come back uh, because no Middlecoff mailbag and hammer this out. Okay, adios. <laughs>